Hi, everybody. It's me, Katie Soros. Oh, hi. Hello. It's me, Hey Goon. Uh, well, it's welcome back to Infinite Quest, but like a real episode. Like a real episode. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for being so patient with us. We got sick. First me and then Kate. Uh, but you already know that if you've been listening to those little inner things we've been posting the last couple of weeks. Mi- we're fine. Minisodes, if you will. Minisodes. Uh, it was not COVID. We're feeling much, much better now. Our voices are back. Kind- well... Yeah, kind of. Kind we're, of. We're going to see how this goes. <laughs> um, but thank you to everybody who's been coming to the intermittent Twitch streams we've been doing um, while we've been getting better. And um, thank you for everybody who let us know that you took the time to look us up on the Twitch leak. That was, oh, yeah. That was weird of you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what I a, what a strange day. Yeah, that is I weird. Know. I mean, the in- just all of Twitch. All of Twitch all got of leaked. It. Just the entire thing got leaked. Yeah, it was weird hearing like the the the, the newsy videos about just like somebody hacked all of Twitch. Just the whole, <laughs> just the whole thing. The whole thing. Everything that has ever happened on Twitch is now been public information. It, which is I I am I don't like I'm I'm in such a weird headspace in terms of finding out how much some streamers make. Yeah, dude, it's like crazy. I'm I'm both riddled with jealousy. And I'm like a little angry, but also like, why am I mad? Like, it's just I'm yeah. like in such like a weird place about it. But well, it is strange. I mean, when you, you look at like the the top streamers, and I mean, there are streamers who are like whole companies, you know, like mm-hmm. you know, it's the account of an entire media production company. Yeah. But then there are streamers who's just like a person. Yeah. Um, and when you look at some of those people, they have like seventy thousand people in their lives at any given time. Like yeah. that's a stadium of people. Yeah. Like they're essentially performing like at the Super Bowl. Yeah. Every day. Just like, wow. Like I looked at one guy. I was like, oh my God, he makes like $300,000 a month. And then I looked it up. I was like, oh, because he has 20 million followers. Yeah, like, okay, right. that makes sense. And I'm like, I'm over here feeling like hot shit with my like 4,000. Like, okay, cool. <laughs> uh, speaking fine. of Twitch, though, uh, shout out to Tsukino, um, one of our most common Twitch, uh, Twitch, Twitch OG, OGs. He's one, they're a mod of yours, aren't they? No. No? No. I thought that. He uh, was my mod. Oh, well, never mind. Either way, just a wonderful just, person, I suppose. Uh, cool, cool Anyways, participant. Um, they suggested this week's topic because um, they asked a wonderful question. How do you help someone with ADHD develop a system? Now I'm panicking because I'm like, wait, what if Zucchino is a mod and I forgot? I think I, I think they're a mod on your Discord. Yeah, I don't remember. Yes. but not on Twitter. Not, not on, on Twitch. Twitch right, right. Ain't nobody got time for that, except for <laughs> Moon and Anne, who are the best. Who apparently have just like... Well, just... The thing is, I don't want to say like, apparently they have all this time on there because I know they're working while they're doing it. So it's like, wow. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Shh, shh, shh. No. Moon and uh, Anne is also a pseudonym, as is Moon. Yeah, fake names. Fake names. Both fake fake names. names. Um, But so how do you help a person with ADHD develop a system? And I also kind of want to broaden that to like, how do you help a person develop a system? Like, obviously, I'll, I I think we probably will end up talking mostly about like, how do you help an ADHD person? But this is an, you know, because this is an ADHD podcast. Um, But ultimately, I think that's a wonderful question because I don't know. It's something that's always been very clear to me. Um, especially like in the culinary world, is if you have a system that's not performing the way that you need it to, like if you're making a chicken breast in, uh, during dinner service or something like that, and your system for doing that, your firing procedure is not working, it's not getting it up on time, or it's cooking it wrong, whatever, um, there are always two options, and it's a judgment call every time. Is It's do I get better at the current system, or do I change the system? Like, do I alter how I'm doing this or do I just get better at what I'm already doing? And it's a constant struggle. And I find that struggle all the time in my real life 
if if a system of you know doing my dishes or doing my laundry or paying my bills like if the system if i'm you know if i'm having trouble paying my bills if i'm late paying my bills do i just need to do what i'm already doing but just get better at it or do i change it and in my experience like my adhd brain my ADHD prospecting brain, which is really good and really likes just coming up with many different ways of doing things, I'll frequently think of new and different ways to do it, which is often a decent answer to, 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 to try to develop a new system. But also sometimes the answer is to get better at the system you already have. And so when helping another person develop a system, a lot of the times, you know, you have to work with them of like, all right, well, what are you currently doing and why isn't it working? Do we need to work with you to, to, to help you get better at the system that already exists, if there is one, or do we help you develop a new one? And that can be very hard um, because we ADHD folks love coming up with ways to organize stuff and ways to do things. It's like a hobby at this point. But then picking one and sticking to it and, and becoming competent at it is, is very difficult, very difficult. Yeah. And I mean, I think some of it too is like, I mean, I think we're probably going to talk more about systems like later in the episode um one of the things that i think is interesting is that it's it's the the problem of my tv won't turn on have i ever used this metaphor with you before i don't think so so if you go downstairs and you you settle in on the couch and you grab the remote your tv won't turn on you're like fuck my tv won't turn on but it's like okay well now we have to break down that problem is the remote out of batteries is it's not distracting at all. I'm just turning up your little gainy gain a little bit. It's fine. <laughs> um, so okay, it's like okay, my my maybe my remote is out of batteries, or maybe the power cable to the television got moved when I vacuumed, or maybe the I don't know, like the uh, 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 like power strip that the TV is plugged into shorted out in the storm or maybe the remote component has gone bad or maybe the receiver component has gone bad or maybe the dvds in front of the television when people still use dvds um are <laughs> you know like blocking the sensor like there's so many different reasons why your tv might not turn on and so i think that is a really good sort of metaphor for getting at the heart of why a system isn't working because sometimes it's something simple. It's something like, oh, my, my remote is out of batteries. But sometimes it's something much more complex. It's, it requires a lot more like work and like getting to the bottom to it, especially bottom of it. Um, especially if it's something that has to do with like executive dysfunction or like a very specific issue that you personally struggle with because some kind of something is triggering or upsetting or something like that. And I think that a lot of times we just look and we say, oh, well, it's easy. You just put a basket by the door and put your keys in it and then you'll never lose your keys again. And it's like, no, sometimes it's a remote battery, but sometimes it's like you got to take apart the entire television to figure out what's wrong. Yeah, totally. What What do you think, like analogously? If you, like, So let's say the problem is I, I, I keep losing my keys. Mm -hmm. What analogously like would be... Well, it could be any number of things. Like, and I think that's that's the thing. It's like, why? It's like, okay, is it because you have gotten in the habit of putting your keys just sort of like willy-nilly when you walk in the house? Okay, well, like, let's go back to that. Like, how do you get into the house? Do you come in the front door? Do you come in through the garage? Like, what furniture is about? Like, what is the structure of your house? But then also, like, what is... 
how do you feel when you come home? Like, mm. are you immediately like overwhelmed and you're like, fuck, my house is so dirty and you just throw your thing on the floor? Do you already have a set place, you know? Um, but, you know, but then sometimes this other thing, it's like, okay, well, is it because, you know, I have five kids and I'm super stressed out. And so like the minute that I, I get in the door, I'm like dealing with that. Well, that's, that's different. That's a, that's a different fix than the basket that mm. might be negotiating. Like, okay, I need five minutes when I come in to like sit down and like get my shit together. And like, you know what I mean? Like there's, I don't know what I'm talking yeah. about. No, I think, no, I think that's a very good point. Cause I think, you know, uh, in terms of helping another person develop a system or find a system, um, that's something that you can do to help them is is take them through that process and ask them like, okay, you get home from work or the store or the whatever you get home. What do you feel as you open the door? Um, what what is what is the thought process that it occur, that occurs? What do you see? What do you look at? Like what is what do you sense? What is your sensory input right now? Um, because I think when it's just you, it's hard to do that sometimes. It's hard to sort of look back objectively of like how do I feel when I get out of the shower, like, like, well, for example, um, I've brought this up a million times with the, the pajama principle. I was trying to figure out why I hate getting out of bed so much. Getting out of bed sucks just in general, but I feel like for me, I was having a really hard time with it at a certain point in my life. And I realized um, it was because I was cold. When I got out of bed, I was cold and I was avoiding being cold. Um, and so I was like, hmm, I should wear a specific set of clothes to sleep so that when I wake up, I'm already wearing nice cozy clothes. And I was like, oh, those are pajamas. I just invented pajamas. And now I have a profound appreciation for pajamas that I didn't before. But either way, doing that process of like figuring out like, okay, put myself in the mindset of I'm lying in bed and I just am not getting out of bed and I'm not having it. Why? Like trying to get into that mindset. Um, and that took me years to like notice that that was such a problem for me was the phenomenon of being cold when you get out of bed. Um, and I think perhaps if somebody else had said like, okay, Eric, well, let's, let's, let's go back. How do you feel when you can't get out of bed? So similarly, I think in helping somebody develop a system, like walk them through piece by piece what the process is, whatever it is, you know, in, in, in the case of like, you know, you always lose your keys. You get home, you have your keys in your hand, you've just unlocked the door. What happens then? For me, it's often like I'm holding a bunch of things and I don't want to be holding them anymore. Like that's a very fundamental thing for me is like how many things I'm holding in my hands at any given times because I like like my hands and I like being able to like grab stuff and manipulate stuff. And if I'm holding a bunch of stuff, then I can't do that. So if I'm holding something that I don't need to be holding, my brain just goes, you know, drop it, <laughs> just put it somewhere. And that's how I lose things. And so for me with losing my keys, it's like, okay, I've practiced just being like keys in front left pocket. Like that's always where they are. It's not perfect because, you know, you wash your pants sometimes, you lose your keys, whatever. A key hook is probably would might be a better uh, strategy for me. Um, but either way, like committing to that, just being like, okay, that is where my pocket my, or where my keys live. To the point where like, if my keys aren't in my pocket, I can feel that. Like the sensation of wearing my pants feels different. Um, but anyways, I think helping a person like inhabit uh, important moments during whatever it is they're trying to do whether it's doing their laundry or paying their bills, like inhabit those moments and like sit in that moment and go, what am I really feeling right now? What is scaring me about this? What is overwhelming me about this? And working with them in a very rational way to think, okay, well, every time you sit down to pay your bills, you freak out that you might not remember your passwords. You know, like I, that's a huge thing for me. So it's like, okay, well, then we'll write down your passwords and we'll try to solve that issue. So I think that's a really helpful thing you can do with somebody. And I, too, I think it's a really good point you made. Yeah. And I think 
the thing, though, that is important to keep in mind with that conversation is that depending on the issue, sometimes the problem is that there's there's some unknown component. Mm. And like that's that's really important to stress in helping somebody else build a system because like, well, let's tell this story. So you I mean, you're over at my house all the time, so you know this, but a lot of people might not know this. Like, I'm an extremely messy person. Like, I'm extremely messy. My house is covered in clutter. I have a lot of stuff. I have a lot of clothes. And, like, frankly, it's gotten really out of hand. And it's gotten to the point where, like, I have a very livable space. And, like, cleanliness in terms of, like, the kitchen is, like, important to me. But, like, there's a lot of shit. And there's a lot of clutter. And it doesn't help that, like, Chris collects, like, Magic the Gathering cards and comic books and that kind of thing. And so, like, we just have a lot of stuff. So. I made the decision that I'm hiring a professional organizer to come in and just like help because I'm just exhausted of trying to do it on my own. But we started the process and and she's coming on Friday to do a consult. But like in like our, our, our first conversation, she said, well, like, where does the clutter come from? And I was like, I don't fucking know. It just appears. But I'm like, but that's not true. You know what I mean? Like that, like that's not magic fairies are bringing bullshit to my house, but it's like just looking at like the desk, like right here in front of us, like I can't stop staring at it because it's just covered in fucking clutter. But it's like, okay, well, I have my meds because if I don't put my meds where I can see them, then I'm going to forget to take them. And I've got in the habit of taking them during my Twitch stream. And then it's like, oh, I've got this cord because like I needed that cord for the thing. So then I set the cord down and then I've got the, you know, the measuring tape because I was measuring you for the Captain America costume. Like, all of this stuff kind of like amalgamates, but it's like, I don't have a conscious understanding of that moment. It's all I know. And like, literally, and it sounds so silly to say, but like the table is either clean or it is not clean. There's no moment of like, oh, I put a thing on the table. Like it begins again. It's just, it hap- It just happens. And a lot of that has to do with my ADHD and how it manifests in terms of like, if I'm not absolutely focused on where I'm putting the thing, I'm just going to put the thing on the closest surface and go about my day, which is why there's just bullshit everywhere because I'll be carrying the thing and then I'll move on to a next project. And so I think going into creating systems with the understanding that sometimes you need an outside perspective, sometimes you have to ask for help. Sometimes there are unknowns that you may not recognize in yourself, but like I hired the organizer and the first thing she said, she was like, oh, well, okay. So like if stuff just keeps appearing, like maybe what we need to do is like look at the stuff that you use most often and most frequently and figure out places and systems for that. And I went, oh, that makes sense. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like it's that kind of thing where it's like, if you can't identify the issue, sometimes just talking through it with a friend or something like that can be or hiring a professional that can be really useful because you're gonna have to like examine those gaps and if you don't have an answer that in and of itself is in a way at least a partial answer to like okay well then what do we need to do to find the answer and go from here does that make any sense at all totally yeah i i I think sort of like being too close to an issue Mm -hmm can make it really hard to see. I'm just going to loudly drink my coffee. And I'm sorry. <laughs> well, have you ever heard the uh, parable analogy story? I don't know. Um, of uh, a blind men feeling an elephant. It's, it's the story of a bun, you know, they're 
it's like 12 blind men and they're all standing around an elephant and one of them is touching its leg and one of them is touching its trunk. No one of them can see the whole thing. But if they talk to each other in a club, they can then put together the entire elephant. Um, and I think that is a lot of the time sort of how I think a lot of us feel, us, us, us ADHD folks, is we can see the parts of the issue. Like we can see when the table is clean and we can see when it is fucking covered in shit. But we can't see the individual moments that 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 build up to that. Like for me, my biggest one, and you for sure know this, Katie, is uh, my kitchen. I am awful with my kitchen because I, I struggle with just eating in general. And so for me, hunger is like as much as I, which is ironic, I love cooking so much. But when it comes to my own hunger, that's just like a problem I need to solve. Like if I'm hungry, I just need to not be hungry. Like I need to get to not being hungry. Um, if I'm eating what I just remember we have the first HelloFresh. <gasps> oh yeah, we do. For today. HelloFresh sponsor us. <laughs> yeah. HelloFresh sponsor us. <laughs> it looks great. I'm really excited I'm for it. I'm super excited. Oh we my actually, gosh. Yeah, I'm really excited. We're going to make Ooh, little victories. So I know, right? Oh I just got like so much happier. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no. I didn't mean to interrupt. I just like in that moment was like, oh fuck. Oh dude. Creamy, creamy dill chicken. Oh my gosh. I, I don't know what I got. Now we have to choose which one to make. I'm excited. I'm excited. This we'll have so to exciting. talk to Chris, see, see what he's into. His burgers to, are good. We can like offer like a menu. We can be like, hmm. Hmm, yes. Monsieur. <laughs> Draw a little pencil mustache on or something like that. <laughs> like a little eyeliner. <laughs> um, but so for me, like if I'm eating, if I'm in my kitchen, like feeding myself, like my, I'm in, I'm in problem solving mode. I'm like, I'm hungry and I need to not be hungry. And eating for me has historically been difficult sometimes. And so things like cleaning up after myself in my own kitchen and whatnot, it just doesn't, it's not there. Like, I don't decide not to do it. Or I guess I, I mean, on some level, I, I must because yeah. like you said, like fairies aren't bringing things to your house. Like at some point something is happening. But the the period of time where I don't do the dish or I don't throw away the thing um, the period of time when I would do it is just blank. Like I have no memory of, you know, you know, sometimes when like you, you'll, you're, you know, in one room in your house and you walk to another room in your house and you're like, I don't remember walking over here. <laughs> like, yeah. I know it happened, but like, I don't have a log of that. Like, that's weird. It's kind of like that. And I think that's something that another person can really help you do. Um, either by being with you when it happens um, if you spend a lot of time with the person, but if it's somebody like a, a consultant or something like that, or just a friend you're asking for help from, um, having them sort of like guided meditation you through like, okay, you're making food, you're putting together a sandwich, you just finished your sandwich. What next? Um, for me, for example, when I make a sandwich, I'm always like, oh, the bread's going to get soggy because I hate soggy bread, bread sandwiches. And so when I make a sandwich, I eat a lot of sandwiches, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a very good solution to hunger, just keeping sandwich stuff around. Um, I'm always like, Ooh, so I got to eat this right now. So I'll clean up after, like, I don't realize that's what I'm doing, but I do. There's like urgency about it. So I'm like, God, oh, so I do that. But by the time I finish eating the sandwich, like I am, that is based 10 years later, it might as well be, you know? Um, so having a person like, I mean, I, we talk about this stuff professionally. So I like, I do that with myself now. Um, I mean, it doesn't solve all the problems. I still have a really hard time keeping my kitchen clean. Um, but having somebody else sit with you and go, okay, like, Bring me through the process of you in your kitchen. Um, because although, you know, we just cleaned my kitchen, you know, a week ago, something like that. And it was like spotless. And now it's already starting to like get not good. Um, like, uh, oh, I lost my, I lost it. I just trying to thought. Um, 
Uh, oh, um, although we don't always, we're not always aware of those little, you know, uh, uh, little straws that eventually will break the camel's back. Um, those things literally must be happening. Like they have to be like, again, like you said, fairies aren't bringing in. So having another person walk you through this guided meditation of that can, can be really helpful, but it can also be very frustrating Yeah, and very vulnerable. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard, especially if like in my, in, you know, I'll use myself as an example. Like if you don't know what the problem is, because like, honestly, like for as much as like, and it's so funny, like admitting that, but I think it's important to be like, I don't know everything and it's fine. Um, but it's like when, when, like, I don't know why it happens because like, it, like there, and I try really hard to like not judge myself and just sort of like, like, you know, morally neutrally say like, I just, I really struggle with clutter, but it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't know why it happens and I don't know how it happens, but I know that it does happen. And so like for me, that's really frustrating because it's like if you walk me through and you're like, okay, well, how does it happen? I go, I don't know. Like it just happens. Like the table is clean and then I set down two things and then it's dirty again, you know? And so I think that then becomes, how do I say this in a way that's going to make sense? I think that there has to be either like hiring a professional who is trained to have those conversations or if you're the person supporting the person, you know, if you're the supporter, then understanding that it is vulnerable and there might be like a lot of frustration and there like might be a lot of headbutting, um, you know, but if you are the supportee also understanding like there's not any shame in not knowing, but it's really frustrating to suddenly like feel like you're making progress and then hit a brick wall of like, but I don't actually know why this is going on. And I think that is, at least from my own experience, like that's one of the big, I think, major causes of tension, like when I was growing up was because like my mom's version of clean was very different than my version. And so because my mom was never willing to budge or adapt or communicate in terms of like, well, why is your room this way? Why do you do these things this way? Like, what is your thought process here? It was always just like, you're doing it wrong and you're doing it badly. And so I think that, um, you know, like Zucchinos is, uh, specifically asked us about their kid mm -hmm. and like, how do I support my kid in creating systems? And so like, I think that's like a really important thing to stress is that like, if you, if you don't understand, it doesn't mean that they are wrong and you are right. It just means that there's like a communication breakdown or like clarification needs to happen. Oh yeah, totally. Um, I mean, I think I've, uh, I feel <laughs> in my head, I feel like at a crossroads where like there are two things that related to that that I want to talk about. I'm going to pick. Do you want me to write down the other one this. so you don't forget? No, I'll remember. Okay. Because um, I've been thinking about it for like days. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, but uh, one, I think specifically in terms of like helping children, um, either like, you know, your child. Um you know, a child's brain is still taking shape. The way that they think about things is still taking shape. I mean, it, you know, we never, it never officially takes shape. We're always changing throughout our lives. But, you know, when we're kids, it's happening really fast. Um, and when Tsukino asked us that question um, during uh, my, mine or, my or your stream, I don't remember which one, um, I suggested 
So if, uh, you know, if their child has ADHD, which I'm not going to reveal because it's their kid, but um, uh, I, when I was a kid, I really liked thinking about many different ways of doing things. I still do, but that's been a part of my life for a long time of like, I would often, you know, I would do the chore because, you know, my parents would make me do my chores, you know, but I would never really do it in the same way twice. I would always alter something about it. Um, partially just because I like value efficiency and whatnot. And like, I like, but a lot of the times just, just looking back, it was just for the newness of it, like doing the same thing, which just was boring. So oftentimes, uh, <laughs> any chef I've ever worked for knows this about me. Oftentimes I'll get it right. I'll like find a, a system that works for doing something, but then just because it's boring to do it the same way every time, I'll just keep changing it, even though I already hit the nail on the head. Um, and that has been with me for a very long time. And so I think with, uh, with a parent, with their child, I think it would perhaps be very useful um, to try to systematically, you know, go through with your child how to clean the thing, the room that you're cleaning or how to, um, you know, whatever your child's chore is, how to take out the trash um, and talk to them about why they're doing it the way that they do it and like affirm that, you know, maybe that, but again, like accepting that the way that they do it might be a little different than the way that you do it. But if they're getting, you know, the, uh, the result, you know, then, then that's fine. Um, but affirming with them like, oh, th I see you're doing it this way. Why are you doing it this way? And they say, oh, because this, that and the other thing, like, cool, just to try to give this the, the, the system that works um, sort of just more mental weight. Because, for, again, for me growing up is I would just forget that, quote unquote, good system. Um, also, side note. In a, a lot of cases, it is perfectly fine to do things different ways. You don't have to do things the same way. Sometimes it's really good to have a very consistent way of doing things, but sometimes not so much. Um, sometimes it's okay to just do things willy-nilly. Like with dishes for me, I have to make it some, some sort of game or something else. I'll never do it. But anyways, Katie, you have your, your finger on your nose. Oh, it's okay. What do you got? You um, fuck. <laughs> oh, what was I going to say? God damn it. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> oh, I know what it was. Um, okay. This is this is going to sound really silly too, but like another piece of advice that I have is that... Okay, I'm going to... Wait, I changed how I'm going to tell this story. I don't know how to shave my legs. Like, I shave my legs. I shave my legs sometimes when i fucking feel like it not all the time because it's my body and i will do what i want but sometimes i choose to shave my legs and i remember being a kid and like getting to the age where like the leg shaving conversation had to had to happen and like i just like i remember like i got a razor but like that was it like that was the end of the conversation there was never like and here's how you shave your legs and so I have this ongoing fascination with how people shave their legs because I, I, no one has ever taught me how to do it. I've figured out the system that kind of works for me that involves like a lot of like weird gymnastics and like yoga poses. But I think that weirdly that sort of experience of just wondering, like, how does everybody else in the world shave their legs is sort of like a, a, a weirdly good analogy for like 
nobody is born knowing how to do laundry. Nobody is born knowing how to do dishes. Nobody is born knowing how to drive a car. But doing dishes or doing the laundry often for people who don't struggle with executive dysfunction and don't struggle with systems is just you it you just take it for granted like you just wash the dishes of course you just wash the dishes but it's like no let's actually break down the process of like washing a dish what does that look like how do you wash a dish like where do you keep the soap where do you keep the sponge how do you like literally physically how do you wash the plate so like it gets clean and i think Sometimes, whether on purpose or no, parents can sometimes look at kids and go, well, this is a thing that's really easy for me. It's just washing a dish. It shouldn't be that hard. But it's like, especially if your kid is neurodivergent, sometimes like it's not just like, well, why can't you wash your cereal bowl correctly? It's, well, have you ever shown your kid how to wash the cereal bowl? Like, have you ever literally talked through that process step by step? And then this is sort of like a divergent soapbox. But I think that also then becomes one of the big issues as to why like weaponized incompetence is such a problem. Because it's like, sometimes people don't actually know how to wash the dishes, but it stays much more convenient for them to to pretend like they can possibly learn because it, it puts less work on their plate, but then it unfairly sort of impacts the lives of their partner. And so I think that in conversation with systems, checking in to say, like, when I say do the laundry, do you know what that means? When I say you need to take out the garbage, do you know what I expect in that conversation? You know, yeah. how do you shave your legs? Yeah, clarity. Absolutely. I mean, I remember uh, back back when I was a, a, a child person um, living at home with my parents and my brother, uh, every pretty much every day, there was basically there were two main like nightly little tasks that had to be done after dinner, which was unloading the dishwasher and doing the dishes. And my brother and I would switch. Um, unloading the dishwasher was significantly easier because my dad, after after a couple of years of, I think, just like brewing frustration that was never like, you know, he was never, he never, he was never actually mad. Um, but anyways, he, he apparently it was the job of the person doing the dishes to also wipe down the counters, you know, like pull out the thing and wipe the crumbs behind the thing. Um, and there was one time when he got really mad. I want to say it was my brother, but uh, I don't, I honestly don't remember. Um, at one of us for like being done, claiming to be like, yeah, I did. I'm done. I did them, but not wiping down the counters. And he was like, kind of said frustratedly, like doing the dishes also means wiping down the counters and all the things. And, you know, being a teenager was sort of like, uh, but looking back, it was like, that was an amazing moment. Cause I was like, oh, now I know what you expect. <laughs> like, yeah. that's wonderful. Like, and it's, and we never had that argument again. It was just cause like, cause now I know that that's what's expected. Congratulations, you did it. You made it to the middle of the episode. Good We're job. very proud of you. You Yay. should go have some water. <laughs> Are there usually more of those? Like you snack, drink some water? Sometimes. It just depends on my mood. Well, this, all right, this time it's just water. Just water. Just have a little just a little water break. Hey, speaking of water break, do you know where you can have water breaks? Is at conventions. Uh, Segway. Seamless <laughs> transition. Um, we just want to let you know um, that... 
again, because of your continued support and your continued enthusiasm and your continued just sharing of Infinite Quest into the world, we have been invited to two more conventions. Um, we're going to be appearing at Emerald City Comic Con in uh, Seattle. Yes, Seattle. And I always get them mixed up. Me and then too. we're also going to be at PAX Unplugged in Philadelphia. Um, we're going to be doing Neurodivergency at the gaming table and a couple of other panels at both conventions. So if you want to come by and say hi to us and, you know, give us the socially distanced elbow bump, feel free. Yeah, we'll be there. It'll be great. We'll be we'll be paxing and we'll be emerolding. That was dumb. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> this is so stupid. Um, and if you want to know more about um, just our, our tour schedule as a whole, you can head over to infinitequest.com and look for the tour dates tab. So do that. Check it on up on out. Check it out. And also transition. Damn. Now on the topic of like, a child maybe not knowing how oh, to do fuck. something. Oh my gosh, you're right, Bobby. Sorry, yeah. Oh fuck me. That was a good one. Oh, I just punched the table so hard. Oh, sorry, my hand geez. already really hurt too. Oh, bubs. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. It's fine. Oh. We'll leave it in. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> that was so hard. For those of you not watching at home, uh, I just twitched really hard and it was very funny. Well, I would, I don't know, well, I mean, if you think it's funny, then it's funny. Every so often they just get me. Just one of those my hand just flops around and I just smacked it as hard as I could under the table. Oh, man. Ow. Sorry, sweet. It's fine. Um, but on the topic, particularly with children, um, but everybody um, with ADHD, um, in terms of like, I think uh, people who don't have executive dysfunction, yeah, doing the dishes is just doing the dishes. Like, what do you mean how? <laughs> you just yeah. do the dishes. But for people with ADHD, we have a really hard time grouping processes together such to just understand it as one process. So like for me, doing the dishes, doing the laundry, taking out the trash, that's not one thing. That is many, many different things. That is, and each and all of those different things are also many other things. Um, and it can get really overwhelming really fast, like seemingly small tasks that you might think of as being very simple is actually a complex sequence of smaller tasks. Um, and for a person with ADHD, you know, generally, uh, you know, if a person just tries to do the dishes and like really tries, like goes for it, they will do some version of doing the dishes, you know, um, but to a person with ADHD, we're constantly stacking those smaller things manually. And that is a lot of mental effort. It's a lot of work. Um, but even more than that, more than the work of having to stack those things manually, is having to decide what order they should be in in the first place. Um, so for me, even if I'm like a highly trained dishwasher, you know, like even if I, you know, I'm 27, I've watched millions of dishes in my lives probably i'm pretty decent at it now um so when i'm doing the dishes i'm not actively making the decision of what process to take i still have to go okay pick up dish grab soap like i still because that's how the adhd brain works but i'm not actively figuring that out i have figured that out um and so the value of teaching particularly an adhd child but anybody with adhd showing them how to do it 
it removes the extra stress of them having to decide what order to place all those tiny things in. Because it's very unlikely that it's going to end up being like, do the dishes. Like it's always going to sort of be those stacks of smaller tasks. Um, but you can alleviate some of the stress of that by taking away the guesswork of all of that and just showing them. Even though it might seem very simple, what you're doing is you're removing the uncertainty that they have the entire time going like, oh my gosh, am I stacking all these minute tasks correctly? I don't know. Is my mom going to get mad at me? You know? Yeah. Sorry, I saw, you, I saw you write something down and I was like, oh. Oh no, I just, I just had an idea I'm for not... a TikTok. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> I started writing them on little posties. <laughs> no, that's a good idea. It's a really good idea. We have a lot of posties around. Also, the bottom of my leg is asleep. Just the bottom. Weird. I don't know. Like the underside of my thigh is asleep, but it's the only part that's asleep. And Strange. I don't know how that works, what? but it feels really weird. Huh. So I can think about it right now. That's <laughs> true. Well, another thing I wanted to bring up, um, and this is, uh, how do I say this? Um, uh, um, oh my gosh. I'm leaving all this in because this is the ADHD life. This is, this is, so I'm just going to cough right. You're, you're not alone, dear listener. This happens to all of us. Um, oh, is... Hmm. Often, we've talked about this a lot. You've talked about it a lot on your TikToks. Um, often, our systems don't look like systems to the outside eye. Um, sometimes, what looks like clutter to somebody else is actually like, no, I... I know where the stuff is. Like, ask me to grab a thing. I'm like, here it is. You know, on this seemingly cluttered surface, I actually have some sort of system in my head. And that's valid. Um, but sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes our, the things that we've, we've convinced ourselves that there are systems in place when there are actually are not, and it's stressing us out. And I'm calling myself out here a little bit, too. Um, cause like, let's say there's a person who it's me. You can just say it's me. That's okay. You can just say it's no, me. No, I'm not. I'm not <laughs> that. Sorry. But like, <laughs> but like, so let's say there, there's a, there's a person, a hypothetical person who their method of doing laundry and is when they, you know, get undressed at the end of the day, they just throw the, they just leave their clothes as they lie on the floor and then come laundry day or whenever they decide to do laundry, they pick their clothes up off the floor, put it in, the, in a thing or whatever, or just lug it over. And then they continue from there. And they don't. that's fine for them. It doesn't bother them. And that's the case. That's fine. That is super valid. Like if you have, you know, a roommate or something, you have to make sure you're <laughs> not like stressing anybody else out. But like, that's fine. That's that's valid. Um, however, I think we have to be really honest with ourselves about what actually bothers us. Because the, I always say this, clutter and clothes on the floor and whatnot are not objectively problems. I don't think they're like objectively morally bad. I think if the person is okay with the clutter genuinely or okay with the clothes on the floor, then there's no problem. That's fine. You're doing great. Um, it only becomes a problem when the person themselves, you yourself, are getting stressed when it, getting stressed out about it if it's making you depressed or making you anxious, um, and I think that's a really important distinction to make um, in the ADHD world. Um, is God, I, I know I'm, uh, I, I've been t I was like I couldn't sleep last night because I kept tossing this around in my head and I apparently <laughs> never actually settled on a way of articulating it. 
Um, although, although I don't think there is objective moral judgment to like clutter being bad or clothes on the floor being bad. I think if it bothers you, then that's when it becomes a problem. Um, and I think we need to be honest about what actually bothers us because, you know, I could craft a wonderful argument for why my desk is so dirty right now. <laughs> like, oh no, I need to keep the sticky notes randomly all over the place so that I'll stumble across them occasionally. And then I'll, you know, like I could come up with an argument, not for other people, but like for myself, like I could convince myself that that's fine. But if I'm honest with myself, my cluttered desk really bothers me. Yeah. It bothers me a lot. I feel claustrophobic. Um, it frustrates me when I can't find something that I need. Um, and I think that's something that's really important for us to do with ourselves is just acknowledge, really, am I okay with this? And if the answer is yes, if the answer is like, yeah, I don't care. I don't want to spend the time to clean my desk. I'm, I'm fine with it. Then great. Um, but I think we really need to be honest with ourselves. Um, I hope that made sense. Yeah. Is that, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, it, it absolutely does because like I have the same thing. Like I, I just, I, I struggle so much because it's like, I, and I've said this before too, like this is not new information, but it's like, I hate this. I hate how this Kate said gesturing to the desk that nobody at home can see <laughs> like, but I hate it. Like it stresses me out. It makes also me feel claustrophobic, but it's like, there's also part of me that's like, I just know it's going to go back to go to looking like this. And so I, I just, I think like that's, I think maybe I've become sort of very defeatist in my, in my struggle with like clutter and organization, especially because I just go, well, it's going to look nice for a while. And then, you know, I'll need to look for something and I'll move stuff around and then it'll all go to shit again. And I think like, I, I think I'm being too defeatist with myself. Like, I think if I did put in a modicum percentage more effort, I could like get a little desk organizer or a little tray or something and like not have as much of a problem. But I'm also working 10 hours a day all the time mm -hmm. and I don't have, I was going to say I don't have the energy, but that's a lie. Like I don't have the interest in spending the energy on, okay, now I have to put this and I have to put it right back in the, like thinking about that stresses me out. And that's the problem mm. is like the, the, the thought of like having to like put a thing back is stressful and that's weird like that's a weird thing to get like super stressed out about but i do like constantly it's like like you know like i love tiny drawers mm -hmm. like one of my dreams has always been to like own one of those like very like old extravagant like roll top desks with like all the different like drawers oh, yeah. and shit because i love drawers i think drawers are like amazing and they're so cute and interesting and they got like a little square and like they put the little thing in but i go but I would, I would set that up and I remember doing that even as a kid, like with like, you know, I'd have my desk and I'd be like, okay, this is my markers and this is my stickers and this is my whatever drawer. And then two days later, magically somehow out of nowhere, cause I don't register when it's happening. It just all goes to shit. And so it's just like, well now, you know, now the marker drawer is just like the shit drawer and they're all just the shit drawers. So it's like, I don't know, like it's, and it's, and it's something that I have struggled with for so long, like since I was a little, little, little kid that it's like, at some point I've at least been able to forgive myself for it and go, okay, well, this is clearly a part of who I am. This is clearly part of my executive dysfunction, 
but it doesn't make the process of knowing that just the, the, the clutter just creeps in any less frustrating and embarrassing and claustrophobic, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, again, I think, I think hmm, a lot of the stress comes from the mental energy of deciding. Yeah. Of making decisions constantly. Because, like, if you're like me and like you, I don't know why I want to speak, but, you know, if you're like <laughs> us, then any given thing I have around me, this this pencil right here, my, like, eczema face lotion, uh, that pair of scissors, like, if I were to address any one of those objects right now and go, okay, let's declutter the table, each one of those things would then require me to decide where it should go. And that's the fucking hard part. Right? Um, and so I think, you know, as, as my grandmother and probably a lot of people's grandmothers just would say, um, uh, everything in its place in a place for a place for everything and everything in its place. But that starts with a place for everything. Yeah. Um, because like, if I have a cup that I put pencils and whatnot in throwing the pencil onto the table and putting the pencil in the cup is no more physical energy. They're both physically the same amount of energy. Like I'm reaching there or I'm reaching there. Um, the hard part is picking the place that it's supposed to be. Yeah. And that's what I super struggle with. I mean, you know, I have at home, I have three of those like little hardware organizer drawers. Um, and those help a lot. I also have like a pegboard um, and those help a lot. Um, but I have always found that once I get a system, which is hard, but once I like have that moment of like, I can do better, I can like be better. Um, for myself, like I can solve these problems that bother me. Um, and I've had like moments of hyper-focus on like, all right, I'm going to mount the drawers and label all of them. Um, it makes things a lot easier because at that point you're as that, as that one TikToker whose name escapes me said, <coughs> don't put it down, put it away. But you can only put it away if there is an away. Yeah. And that's a really hard part. But I think once, if we can get there, which often takes out, but if we can get to a point where there is a place for the stuff, putting it in those places is easier. <laughs> it's not, it doesn't just like all of a sudden solve it, but it is, is it, it's easier if you can get over that hump. And I'm a huge advocate of labeling things because all the time, you know, with, with little drawers, you'll eventually get to where you're like, okay, this is the marker drawer. This is the whatever drawer, but I'll just forget what I called them. And eventually I'll just be like, was it this one? Yeah, sure. And then all of a sudden it's the marker and pencil drawer. And then I don't, and then it just goes to shit from there. So I'm big, I'm a big, uh, uh, proponent of, of labeling things just to like save what you decided, you know, remembering systems. Should we take a break? (laughs) (laughs) Is it half season yet? Yes. I have no concept of what time it is. Oh, it's, we're 45. Oh no, we forgot to do, do a half season. Oh, I, I I got it. Okay. It's cool. Interstitial. (laughs) Just kidding. You don't have to actually. No, it's fine. <laughs> All right, last bullet round. We're last little bullet round here. Okay. Just generally, in tr- like without judgment of ourselves. Is it really forty-five minutes? Yeah. I if you would fucking add, I thought it was like twenty. Really? For real? Like one hundred percent? I oh, thought wow. we've been talking for like twenty. I have such time blindness. Holy shit! Oh my god, it's me fine. too. If I wasn't looking at the thing, I would have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but without judgment, like without judging ourselves. Okay. What are some things that have helped us develop systems, Katie, um, or helped others develop systems? I, 
this sounds so pretentious, but I have, he said, after immediately saying not to judge ourselves, uh, I have, I've really gotten into the idea of that a system should be sustainable, practical, and repeatable. Mm-hmm. And I'm deeply invested in that idea. And that's an idea that like I actually did research on because I got so frustrated about why can't I keep my clutter under control? And so like this this section feels a bit hypocritical because I'm like, listen to me, kids, even though I my desk is messy. But a lot of the systems that I do use that are successful are because it's all three of those things. And I, I really, truly believe that to be successful and to help you, it has to be all three of those things, sustainable, practical, and repeatable. Because if it's not, there is a sort of fundamental building block to that system that is ultimately going to like collapse it. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. I think it, especially uh, the um, having something be, I think, I don't know if this would fall in the sustainable or the repeatable category, um, but something that I've always struggled with is sort of saving my progress, mm-hmm. you know, where I'll like, I'll have some day of hyper-focus organization session in my kitchen or in my like yeah. tool stuff or whatever, and it will get really organized. Um, but then it backslides and then mm-hmm. it eventually turns to shit again. Um, but I've noticed that the reason it backslides, one of the reasons that it backslides is because after I've done all that immense amount of mental work, to figure out how to organize it. Over time, I'm just slowly forgetting what I decided. And so anytime we can, anytime you, dear listener, can figure out a way to note what you decided, be that, you know, labeling something or assembling like a written down list procedure thing, um, saving your progress is immensely important. You still have to do that. That's a whole different thing. It's like following the procedure and putting the thing back in the drawer that's labeled. That's a whole different thing. But getting those labels, saving your progress, you already did a a shit ton of work deciding where things should go, deciding the places for everything. Um, So saving that progress is immensely helpful. And I I think essential to repeating a system. Like for example, with like pegboard, I can't remember the word, but um, with pegboards, a lot of people who have pegboards for stuff will outline the thing that goes there in like either Sharpie or tape or something like that. So that if it's not there, they can see the the outline. The stage manager in me delights. Mm-hmm. That's a good idea, right? Spiking. Um, <laughs> what is it? You just spike your pegboard. Spike? Is that what it's called? Yeah. Well, I mean, like when you like put like tape on the stage to like mark where stuff goes. Really oh, on yeah, the, yeah. On like the props table, you like put tape down. It's called yeah. spiking. Sweet. There you, I like that. Very cool. It's very like spike. dynamic. Spiking it. Spike Bam. It. <laughs> um, but that's a really good example because I can't tell you how many times I've organized my pegboard, but just slowly I'll be using a tool and then I'll just go, ah, oh, I don't remember where this goes, but it fits there. And then after a little bit of doing that, doing that, it's all gone to shit again. But if I put a little piece of tape that says like pliers or whatever, then again, I don't have to consistently do that mental work of deciding because I already have done that and I've saved my progress. So I put them there. Um, again, putting it away, not putting it down, that's takes that just requires <laughs> practice. And as one of my better therapists once said to me, you have to do those things manually for a while, yeah. but I promise they'll eventually become automatic. 
Yeah. Because we are creatures of habit, like, well, humans in general, but people with ADHD. Um, like, you ever lose something, but then consistently find it in a similar place? Yes. Like, I lost my keys. Oh, they're on this weird location, but they seem to consistently end up in this weird location. I just never remember. So ultimately, we are capable of forming habits, um, but we have to do it manually for a while. And that's really fucking hard because, you know, with me, like, you know, after I eat my sandwich and I have the dish, like, I just black out during the time when I would be going. <laughs> like, I just don't know what happens. All of a sudden, it's just like three days later and there's 40 dishes in my sink. So it's really hard um, when, again, that's where somebody else can come in and, and help you with that um, or just help you remember or help you dissect that moment. Um but we have to do it manually for a while. But either way, I think saving your progress in the form of a list or labels is immensely helpful because you already did the work. You already did the work. You know, it's hard to do the work. That's you got to actually do the work. But once you have saving that progress, so you don't have to do it again is immensely helpful. I also think you touch on something really important, which is that sometimes stuff ends up in a weird spot consistently. Mm -hmm. But I think what is really important to note is that sometimes that weird unconventional spot is the system mm -hmm. or can be the foundation of the system. Like I keep my, uh, my nail file under my couch, like in the Nexus, I just keep it under the couch because whenever I think about like, Oh my, I should file my nails. I'm like watching TV and I'm on the couch. And then I think, Oh, I wish I had a nail file right now. So I started keeping the nail file like right there, like in the little cup on the coffee table and so, yeah, that's a weird fucking place to keep your nail files. But that is a system that works because it goes, I know where the nail file is. I can find the nail file and I will use it when I need it. Like, is it then annoying when you're like in the bathroom? You're like, fuck, I wish I had a nail file. So I got to go out to the living room and dig under the couch. Yes. But for the <laughs> most part, it works. Um, oh, yeah, totally. The other thing that I wanted to touch on. And I feel like this this is something that we don't talk about a lot on the podcast, but I think that especially in conversation with developing systems, one of the hardest parts, and I don't speak for everybody, but I'm definitely speaking for myself, is unlearning the internalized ableism that you may or may not feel about stuff like lists or labels or notes or whatever because one of the things that i've honestly very recently realized is like there's been like a really popular tiktok going around about like have a list of stuff to do for when you don't know what to do mm. like have like a little activity menu downtime list yeah and then you know and there's other ones that go around a lot too which is like you know like roll a d20 off of a list and decide that kind of thing or like, you know, roll a d20 and that's how much time we're going to spend cleaning the kitchen or whatever. And I hate that. I hate that shit. I hate all of it. I hate mm. it so much. But that hate of that is absolutely rooted in my own ableism. And I recognize that. And I go, okay, well, why don't I like it? And I go, because I'm not a fucking kid. I'm not a child. I shouldn't need to roll a d20 to clean my kitchen. I shouldn't have to have a little funzy menu of like, I'm bored, what should I do? I shouldn't need that. But it's like, okay, what do you mean shouldn't? Like, what do you mean you shouldn't need it? And so I'm so resistant to stuff like that because I find it to be infantilizing and immensely frustrating in terms of my considering myself like a functioning adult, like whatever that looks like. And so for a really long time, like I would get really mad when I saw videos like that. I'm like, oh, well, it must be really nice for you. Like roll your D20, you nerd. 
And I would go, but that's a perfectly valid system. Like that's a perfectly valid system that works splendidly for a lot of people. And who am I to judge because of my own sort of like preconceived notions about the um, pressure and the demands that I put on myself to be, you know, this like perfectly functional adult without a functioning system. And it's like, we, I'm, I don't have a system. I don't have a D20. I don't have a menu. I don't have any of that stuff. And if I use that, it may very well make me much more motivated to do so. But I only like literally like within the past couple of months did I realize like the reason why I have such a visceral reaction is because I have just constantly put pressure on myself to not need help. And it's like, that's silly. Like I'm doing myself a disservice. I am limiting my access to a system that could help me because of my own sort of like idea that that's not something I need. Does that kind of make sense? Oh yeah, totally. I mean, I, I kind of, I do that too. <laughs> I'm just like, Oh God, I totally do that too. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I, when you, how do I say this? Um, <coughs> uh, how do I say this? How do I say this? How do I say this? Uh, well, I think we, my, my brain like lit up when you said infantilizing because when I think of like, you know, somebody will say, this is all over like TikTok comment sections and whatever. When somebody says like, oh, I have like a jar of chocolates or something. Yeah. Uh, this is a, this is a conflation of a bunch of different sorts. Yeah. I don't know. But like I have a jar of chocolate or whatever. And then after I finish cleaning the kitchen at night, I eat a piece of chocolate and that's cool. And like this little stupid voice in my head is like, what are you like a little kid? You got to reward yourself with it. But then immediately after I'm like, Eric, what? <laughs> like, right? What is that? Exactly. Like, they're what does it matter? Like, they're clean to their kitchen. That's how they do it. It's a really good idea, you know, if it works for them. Um, and I, I I, kind of do wonder, like, how many of those systems would work for me if I wasn't so, hadn't, didn't have all this internalized ableism of, like, but I shouldn't have to do It's like, well, but, yeah, like you said, what the fuck does shouldn't mean? Like, yeah. this is your life, dude. Like, you yeah. Know? But that's, I'm just realizing how much I, I struggle with that. Yeah. I also, this is a whole different thing, but I always resented um, organized people in school because I was... <laughs> horribly disorganized all the time um and whenever i saw like a person sit down and they pull out their like thing that has the color-coded whatevers i was always like Ugh, oh, but honestly it's absolutely because i was jealous yeah. <laughs> i wish i could do that um but that that is still with me that feeling of like oh people who who have their little like nightly routine of like wiping down the counters like Ugh. for no for there's no that is rooted in nothing logical it is just its remnants of when I was in school and these kids would come and they'd be all organized, which I just couldn't get myself to do. Um, I, I'm just realizing how connected those things are. Huh. That's got to be another episode or something. Now we're going to have to do a part two. Yeah, I don't know. Or some, it's like a school thing. How many episodes have we done on school now? Hey, Eric. Yeah. Happy podcast anniversary. Oh, shit. Is it our podcast anniversary? Yes, it is. Wow. Happy podcast anniversary. One year ago, this week, the first episode of Infinite Quest was published. Wow. Put on the internet. Wow. Yeah. I think it was just put on YouTube, too. We didn't have any cool... This, yeah. It was recorded on a Zoom call. Wow. I was wearing a what are your... towel on my head because my head just got out of the shower. <laughs> <laughs> you were. What are your sweetheart? Wow. I love you. <laughs> <laughs>
I love you too. Wow. We've done a lot in a year. Yeah. It's been a weird year. We've been conventions. Remember we would joke about like, <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna go to Remember when we used to joke about yeah, like someday we're gonna be so fancy and go to conventions and then <laughs> it happened like six months in. Wow. Hey pretty Eric. Cool. Pretty cool. For what it's worth, this has been one of the best years of my whole life. You too, sweetheart. And that's it. That's the end of the episode, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And again, thank you so much for being patient with us while we were gone. But we are back, feeling hot, feeling ready to go, champing at the bits. Uh, what other not? What other Eric, saying? I think cool that's sayings. because you're a were horse. That's not. I'm a were horse. <laughs> I turn into a horse. What when there's sugar cubes proximal to me? Is that what what what, what triggers it? And and the full moon. Oh, and the full moon. Okay, so. Yeah. So no no tea houses at night. No. It was like, a bad idea. Like uh sea biscuit. <laughs> I remember that scene. Was that scene or was that Black Beauty where they feed the sugar cube? I so viscerally remember that scene. I feel I think like they're on a boat. I think it's Black Beauty. Maybe. But like they feed it a sugar cube and his little his horse lips go like oh, on the thing and I was like, Oh, I've always wanted to feed a sugar cube to a horse. Have you never fed a, a sugar cube to a horse? No, I've never done it. Oh my gosh. I can make that happen for oh, you. I'd love to. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. You want to sing a song? Yeah. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, if you're not uh, familiar with the grand uh, tradition of the Patreon song yet, um, uh, every week, if you subscribe to our Patreon, which you can do by visiting patreon.com slash infinite quest, um, you, get, you get your name in the song and you are immortalized in the halls of Quest Hollow. That's right. <laughs> That's right. This is a big vault. It looks like Odin's vault. It does. Too. We we there's cool. like a stonemason who chisels your name on the wall. Yeah. It's Brian. It's Brian. <laughs> Brian, our producer, is who does that. <laughs> Using um, his tentacles. To yeah, he just has like a little. Stone. Just picture he's like a little with his little tentacles. He's got like a little chisel, a little tiny hammer, and he's like boop 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 boop. Tink 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 tink. Um. Anyway, cool. so here's the song. stress before we start that we exhaustively rehearse this before Every going time. in. Every time. This week, we'd like to thank Rory and also Tom and Shelly and Gabby and Sam and James and William and Strangleberry. Holy shit, that's a and cool Ashley name. and Eliza. Tony and Jack and Amanda and Sophie and Becca and John Herman. So thank you, Rory and Tom and Shelly and Gabby and Sam and James and William and Strangleberry, Ashley, Eliza, Tony, and Jacqueline, Amanda, Sophie and Becca and John. But that. I had a whole rhyme set up. Oh, did you? Oh, alright, alright, pretend I never did that. But our thanks would not be enough unless we also thank Sarah Huff, 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 We're sorry, Sarah Huff, 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 Sarah Well, everybody, 
from all of us at Infinite Quest. Remember to take your meds. Remember to eat a snack. Remember to drink some water. And, uh, you know, just be nice to each other. Be kind to yourself. Be kind to others. And I totally biffed that chord, but it's fine. And uh, from all of us at Infinite Quest, just remember that we love you. Sir <laughs> <laughs>